Hey, Peter. Hey. You know, it's a special day today. Oh, it's a very special day around the world. It is Christmas. Deborah Manis' oh. birthday. It's my mom's birthday, man. Oh, I didn't Come know that. Now. Happy birthday, Mrs. Manis. Yeah, it's also you call her Deborah Manis? Because I call her Mrs. Manis. I just call her mom's. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but it's also Christmas Eve. Question. Yeah. Question of the day. Does she get separate Christmas presents from her kids from her birthday? Because, you know, a lot of people, they have the birthday close to the holiday. It all gets folded in together. Yeah, we're not monsters. We do give her separate <laughs> Christmas presents. I think you say we're not monsters. Presents. We give her one present. No, no as some of my birthday is coming up, too, and you do, you will get one present sometime. When Why are you pointing at me with that? It's happened. <laughs> it's happened. And that's lame. Just because my birthday's close to Christmas doesn't mean you can't get me a separate present. So you're you know not saying? familiar with the with the term uh, kill two birds with one stone? Because I, I know that one well, buddy. Yeah, but it's my birthday. Come on now. When is your birthday? Uh, December 30th. Okay, well, we got a little time. Yeah. So today is your mother's birthday. It's Christmas Eve That's all right. around the world for those that celebrate that thing. And, and uh, it's the start of Open Studios end of the year promotion. Shh. It actually starts tomorrow, but for, it's only for our listeners. You didn't know that? I know, but th- we can tell them, though, that okay. if they uh, put in the promo code PLAYBETTER, yep. they're going to save 40% on everything. You're going to save 40% on anything on the site, and That's you're right. also going to play better, hence the promo code PLAYBETTER. For sure. That's very simple. For sure. Yeah, so we're hoping that folks will be able to get in on this and get a little inspiration for the new year. You're going to be able to, like, what I would use that for, you can use it for whatever, but if you're a pianist, Jump on that very popular piano access pass, That's and right. you can get in on. Do, you have to get the annual version. Get the annual version, which you want to get anyway. That's right. And you can get in on our very special January jazz piano boot camp. Oh, oh, we oh. are gonna make them work, man. We're we're gonna be mean, man. We might have them practice and then <laughs> give me twenty, and then go back to practice. We we haven't totally decided. But by the end of January, you're gonna be in good shape. Yeah, and we're gonna have. There's gonna be a live component, but you're gonna be able to watch a recorded version of it. I'm really excited. We've never done anything like this. This um, kind of you know well-developed but the, the whole idea of this is for pianists and look we have a best of uh, episode coming up in a minute yeah nobody Just, cares about that yeah no they, they care <laughs> no but you're going to be able to like come in at the beginner intermediate or advanced track you can switch if you're in it's going to be track. awesome go to yeah. openstudiojazz.com get that piano access pass and then enter the promo code play better at checkout to save 40 percent on the piano access pass and annual you, version that's right and if you want to pay full price just don't enter any promo code and we're cool with that too. Yeah, that's fine enjoy today's episode This week, I'm going to take the helm at the piano with some solo versions, and I want to do something uh, a little bit different. I want to do a brief series of basic jazz theory called, How Does That Work? And today is our first edition, and this will be all about altered dominant chords. How does that work? So with any altered dominant um, chord, basically any of the extensions, the ninth, the 11th, or the 13th, can be altered. Um, the ninth can go either way, sharp or flat. So here's what a, a C7 sharp nine sounds like. You've heard that before, right? This is a really uh, interesting chord because you have both like the E and the E flat, right? The major third, minor third, only it's the sharp nine. Now you can't have a E flat in the C7 and call it a sharp nine unless you have an E natural somewhere in the chord. If not, it's just a minor chord because that is just the third, right? So you have to have, uh, for it to be an E7 sharp nine, you have to have the E natural in there somewhere so that it's a dominant chord. And you've heard this all the Jimi Hendrix. But especially in jazz, you know, Duke Ellington loved these chords. Um, 
So that's the sharp nine. Now you also can have the flat nine, right? So C, C, E, B flat, and D flat. Um, now we can add the 13 to this and the sharp 11. And this is a C 13 sharp 11 flat nine. Now you're saying, Adam, why would you ever use that? Well, this is built off of the half whole diminished scale, which is a great scale to use going to your one. So this C7 flat nine sharp 11 with a natural 13, C, E, B flat, D flat, F sharp, A, is just a really great altered dominant chord and scale off that half whole, half step, whole step starting on C, going to F. Right? Sounds great. You've heard that sound a million times. Very common. C7, flat 9, sharp 11 with a natural 13. And it sounds more complicated than this, it really. It's just those are the altered extensions, right? The 9th, the, the 11th, and the 13th. 13th is the only one that's natural. The 11th is sharp, and the 9th is flat. Okay, another uh, altered dominant that we can do is uh, the... Sharp nine, flat 13, right? So pianists often think of this as like an A flat triad over C7. We have C, E, B flat, and then like you could put an A flat triad over there. It sounds just great. Now this is based on the altered scale, which is based off the seventh degree of a D flat melodic minor. Uh, easy way to think of it is the melodic minor from a half step above your root, your C. So D flat melodic minor starting on C. C, D flat, E flat, E natural, G flat, A flat, B flat, C. Right? So this is, this chord is called the sharp nine uh, flat 13, but it's based off of the altered scale. And it's close to our last, our final altered dominant, and really the most uh, kind of crunchy one, which is the C7 altered. Now the altered is all of the altered extensions. So we have, uh, and it's based of, again off of the altered scale. So we have flat nine, sharp nine, sharp 11, flat 13. All those in any combination. So when you see C7 alt, that's what that means. It means that all of those upper extensions, the 9th, the 11th, and the 13th, are altered. The 9th is both flatted and sharped, the 11th is sharped, and the 13th is flatted. By the way, the 9th is the only one that can be both flatted and sharp. The 11th is almost always sharped, and the 13th is almost always flat. If the 13th was sharp, it'd just be the dominant 7, so one of an altered dominant chord, it wouldn't make sense to have two B flats in there. You already have it. It's represented. Uh, today, I want to be talking about diminished chords and how we often use them in jazz. There's a few different ways you can use a diminished chord. So how do we use diminished chords in jazz? Now, diminished chords are often used as a substitute for a seventh chord. It can be, uh, say here we have our C diminished seven. This could be acting as a five chord to D flat major. You hear this all the time. Right? From the half step below the diminished. 
Or it could be uh, going to B flat minor. Um, essentially, these are used as part of a dominant seventh chord. Uh, it can really be used as a dominant seventh flat nine. Remember all altered extensions from yesterday from any root note a half step below any of the, the notes in the seventh chord. So wherever you would use a B7 flat nine, like say to E major, you could use one of these four because it's symmetrical diminished chords. So C or A. Like that's kind of how they function, but mostly they go from uh, the half step below. You might see them used there. They're also used um, to substitute a tonic chord. So if I'm landing on C, you see this all the time where you would use a C diminished to delay going into the C uh, major 6-9. Um, you know, happens on tunes like Let's Get Lost and uh, What's New. You hear people do this all the time. Uh, so that's another way you can use that diminished chord. And then the final way is, or, or a, a final way we'll talk about today, is again as, a, as another passing tone, but this time from, instead of from below as a seventh chord, from above. So if we have a three, six, two, five, um, again, you can sub out... Instead of A7, you can do E flat diminished 7 to the D minor 7. So 3, and instead of 6, E flat diminished 7, 2, 5, 1. You see this all the time, especially on that 3, 6 sub. And you see it too from the 2 up to the 3. sound you hear a lot of in jazz. It's how, how we use these diminished chords. So we have uh, an option is to use it from below, uh, from above, like in the 3625, and then as a substitute for the one. That's so beautiful. Um, so we noticed from our scale, our whole half, that we actually have four other notes in this octatonic scale, and all of those notes are in play, and they're all one whole step above our C diminished here of C, E flat, G flat, and A. And so at any time, we can take any of these notes in our voicing, if we're gonna voice out a chord, and uh, sub it out with the note a whole step above. So even here, the C diminished seven, I can, instead of playing A, add that B, And it sounds great, but it works with any of them. Adds just a little bit of a clash there, you know? Any notes from this diminished uh, chord that you move up one whole step sound great. And for pianists, when we're doing two-handed voicings, we can get some really lovely voicings out of this just by using the notes in the other notes in the scale. It's called a double diminished, right? So here I have C, A, and E flat in my left hand. 
And that's from right, the, our original C diminished chord. And then I, I'm borrowing notes from those other four notes in the scale. A flat, B, and F. I could put D in there too. Here's all of the notes, double diminished. Fully double diminished. All the notes from the octatonic scale. And it sounds awesome. So if we're doing our, again, our three, six, two, five with subbing that E flat diminished for the A7, we can do that exact voicing. How great is that? Again, E flat, C, G flat, and then from the other scale, B, D, F, A flat. All right? love that so much. That sounds so good. Uh, so today is chord subs. How does that work? Um, which is something we get asked a lot about here. And by chord subs, I'm talking about chord substitutions. So if we take a tune like Have You Met Miss Jones. Right. So in those first four bars, we can apply a number of substitutions to almost any of those chords. But we'll start. So here we have a 3-6 going to the 2, right? We have A minor, D7, to G minor 7. So our very level 1 chord substitution is what's called a tritone substitution. This can be used on any dominant 7th chord, really, especially ones that are going somewhere. Um, uh, but if we have a 3-6 here, we can use the same, uh, we can use a dominant 7 chord a tritone away from the dominant chord we're using here. In this case, it's D7, so we can use uh, an A-flat 7 as the tritone sub going to G minor, right? So we have F major 7, A minor 7, and instead of D7, flat 9, we'll use A-flat 7, sharp 11, right? So when we're soloing over this... It gives us this chromatic movement. Um, you might not do this substitution during the melody because it will clash with the melody, and that's something to consider whether you're playing the melody or you're soloing. But when we're soloing, these substitutions are often used by jazz musicians as ways to sort of slip in and out of what our ear is expecting. And one of my favorite substitutions, put a diminished seventh chord in place of a major chord, essentially, especially if the melody note is a sixth. And you can do this as you're blowing, too. Right, so that's a 2-5 in F, uh, G minor 7, C7. Instead of F major 7, we do F diminished 7. Complete with that diminished scale whole half diminished scale it provides a nice airy sound uh, to the proceedings and it's really really nice to play and usually gets a bit of stank face on your audience a little bit of a woo. Uh, okay so our third uh, substitution how does that work uh, we're going to do a chromatic substitution that you hear often and maybe you don't know what it is this again can happen inside of a two five one so if we again, uh, again, if we're on our 2-5-1 and F, 
don't know why I'm playing that lick so much today, but I'm really enjoying it. It's a variation of a tritone sub. Uh, we go G minor, and instead of playing a full bar of G minor, we do two beats, and then we do two beats of A flat minor. We go up a half step. And then we do two beats of D flat seven, like we're doing a two five, A flat minor seven to D flat seven, and then slide down to the C seven that we would have gone to, right? So you're extending, you're still doing G minor seven and C seven within the, the space of two bars. One, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But we're adding this sort of half step slip in there. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. This is especially fun to superimpose. Uh, upon uh, a two five one. Really, really fun, really, really slick. Uh, so those are what typical chord substitutions are. There's a mess of them and they can get very complicated. They can even get a little more basic. Uh, one that I kind of glossed over, but is, is a really fun one is on a two five one, instead of a Dorian, a D minor seven, G seven, C seven, if we're in the key of C, you can use a dominant, right? You hear this one all the time. Very, very basic, but can be incredibly effective. Why do we use these? We use these to add variety to add novelty to uh, our, our playing, to add drama, to, to really uh, defy what expectations we've set up. So you might not throw every single substitution you know and every single tune that you do from the very first chorus. These can be something that you kind of keep in your hip pocket and you bring out when things are starting to get interesting, right? Don't overplay these. Use these in a very tasteful way and you're gonna get a lot of miles out of them. Today, we're talking about playing out. How does that work? What we mean when we talk about playing out is not playing exactly the chord that we're supposed to be playing. So if we're supposed to be playing a C minor chord, typically you might do the Dorian, maybe the Aeolian, maybe the Frigid. I don't know, there's a, there's a bunch of scales that would be in, right? That would be playing in, but... Playing out would be playing like, I don't know, uh, a D major. Right, so that's just one example of some dissonance that you can create. Now notice that that didn't sound great just staying there. So what you hear a lot of modern players do and, and great players in the past too is Establish the harmony inside the changes using, you know, all of the, the language that we talk about all the time. So in this case, a Dorian, some pentatonic sounds. And then taking it out by going to that other key very briefly. And then back. So that got intense, but that's what it's kind of the point of taking it out is. It's about creating drama. So we're setting up 
this very pretty sound. And then when we take it outside just for a second, Now, be warned, this is a sound that a lot of uh, people who aren't into jazz are like, you're just playing the wrong notes. And that's somewhat true, but we're doing it on purpose with uh, intention behind it to create this this dissonance, to create this tension, to create this drama so that we can come back and land on a very comfortable place. But that's just one way of doing it, of just picking a key that... So I picked D major over the C minor. there's very few common tones between them you know what i mean there's a few but there's there's a lot that really aren't some strong ones so that's a, a easy way to kind of go out and really i kind of picked d, d major too because it's it's relative minor is b minor it's a half step down from c minor so i know that i'm gonna be safely out of that changes i'm a half step away that's fairly dissonant territory you know what i mean today we're talking about drop two and drop two is a voicing concept but don't worry you can use it even if you're not a pianist it's great for arranging um, anytime you have four voices drop two is a very convenient uh, technique to use i was just doing some orchestral arrangements the other day and i was using this in the strings because i know that it always sounds good uh, if you use it right so what does drop two mean? Well, it actually means exactly what it's called. You drop the two or the second note from the top. So if we have a C uh, major seven chord, a four note block chord, C, E, G, B, just a regular vanilla Wonder Bread C major seven, the second note from the top, the G, we just take it and we drop it down an octave. We omit it from where it was literally move it down an octave and that's what it is and for some reason these voicings sound awesome beautiful that's it so any four note block chord that you have here's d minor seven like the two of a of a two five and c D, F, A, C. Take that A second from the top and drop it down. These sound great. And so there's just an incredible amount of, of things you can do. So one thing I talked about in a video from last year was the Barry Harris six diminished scale. And these drop two voicings work great with this. And I'll briefly go over that. So the six diminished scale is when you have a C major six. Uh, let's do, yeah, let's do this. We'll do it starting here on this first inversion. E, G, A, and C, right? So the C is on top. That's our melody note. And we're going to do our drop two. All right, C major six. And then we alternate going up the uh, sixth diminished scale, which is a major scale with a half step between the fifth and sixth degree. Octatonic scale that is even. Right? Instead of just, there's a half step, this, this A flat between G and A. Okay, so we have our C major six on C. Every uh, chord tone in this C, E, G, A, and C is going to be a C major six chord. 
just in different inversions. And this is all drop two. I'll go slower so you can kind of see this if you're watching on YouTube. And then every other degree in this scale, you might notice, forms a diminished chord, which, as we learned on Tuesday, is symmetrical in minor thirds. These can be used in drop two. So if we have this D here, while we were here, see, we can do the same thing in drop two. And now we're alternating between major six, diminish. Remember, all major six chord tones are major six chord. Major six, diminish, major six, diminished, major six, diminished, and so on. It's very cool and can be incredibly useful, especially if you're voicing melodies um, in four-part harmony. If you're a pianist, you can use this to play chord melodies, and it sounds really cool. Um, see, that was pretty good, wasn't it? It is I. I thought that was fun. I mean, yeah. Well, it's funny. We're talking about we have no idea what we talked about. I have no idea what was just played. Yeah. Ryan made these a couple weeks ago, but we didn't get to hear them. We've not heard them. Well, hopefully it was good. Hopefully it was us. It wasn't some random podcast, some random. I mean, maybe it would be better <laughs> if it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe if they just played Switched On Pop, <laughs> we put our our top and tails Ooh, on it. Number one. Oh, We're catching up. We're catching up. It's a good podcast. Until tomorrow. You'll hear it.